We're so glad that you're listening to the Branches Podcast. If you're in the Houston area, we'd love to see you in person at 11 a.m. on Sunday mornings. For more information, go to brancheshtx.org. We hope this message helps you draw closer to God and that you hear the good news that you belong. Thanks for listening. being here. Go ahead and if you want to continue to get food and there's coffee in the lobby, we're just glad that you're here today for brunches. Uh, We love doing this to start the new year and it's just a great time for us to reflect on this past year, uh, to look forward to the next one and just be in community with one another. So like I said, at the top of the service, we want to keep it very chill today and there's, yeah, there's still some seats kind of up here in these front tables here and some in the middle tables. So uh, find a seat where you can. We're we're glad you're here. If we haven't met before, my name is Colin. I'm the pastor here uh, and I just want to welcome you to this place. Uh, a few years ago, in a, a previous job I had, one of our coworkers, uh, whose name was Jim, uh, invited me to pick him up from the uh, car repair place. His car needed to be repaired. And I realized later that he really didn't need a ride from me. I was just new, and he wanted to connect with me a little bit. Uh, it was awkward, uh, just to be clear about that interaction. Uh, Jim's very nice, dear friend of mine, love Jim. Uh, there's an age gap and a cultural gap, I'll say. And I realized that was the case when I picked him up from the car repair place, was taking him back to work. Uh, it was very quiet for a little bit, and he said, hey, Colin. I said, yeah, Jim. He said, do you own a suit? Uh, I said yes. I wish I said no, because I got the sneaking suspicion that he would have bought me one if I had said no. Um, and he was asking me because I never wore a suit, and he always wore a suit. Uh, When I came to work, I dressed like this, and he dressed really fancy. Uh, And it reminded me, you know, that common phrase, Mark Twain said it, Shakespeare said it in so many words, actually Marcus Aurelius said it, the clothes make the man. Uh, The clothes make the person, to be more universal and inclusive here, uh, that what you wear says something about what you expect to experience in a place or uh, in an event. What you wear says something about who you are. Uh, At that same church that I was at, a man came up to me after worship one day and he said, one of our past pastors, uh, every time he preached, he looked like he just got done mowing the lawn. Uh, And then he said, and you look like that. I'm like, man, I feel so welcome. I feel so so glad I'm here. The clothes, he thought, made the man. And the man that was made there was the lawnmower. Um, The clothes make the person. Landon was telling me that when she was like 12 or 13 years old, she was visiting her family in Atlanta. And when they were in Atlanta, uh, her grandmother, Gigi, took her shopping uh, to, some of you will get this uh, reference, you'll know exactly the aesthetic I'm talking about, at Limited 2. And so she was going to get some clothes uh, in that kind of, uh, you know, middle school awkward phase. And she got some pants and she got kind of one of those ruffly tops. And she said some like slip on platform shoes. And this was all to get an outfit to wear to go to the laser show at Stone Mountain uh, in North Georgia. And she said she kind of had this feeling of just like, you know, like, are people looking at me? Like, look at my cool new outfit. Like, it makes you feel so special when you, when you put on clothes, when you put on an outfit that makes you feel important or makes you feel like you're dressed really really well or it fits just perfect or it's exactly what you wanted, Uh, the clothes make the person. And not just make the person for the the one looking at the, the person from the outside, but on the inside as well. Like you feel a boost of confidence. Like I remember when I got a tailored suit for the first time, when I had my first big boy job, uh, I felt like really important and professional. 
Like I felt like I could use bigger words and I could take some authority and then I could write a really well-drafted email, you know. Uh, the clothes make the person. And that's kind of what we see in Isaiah today. When we think about the beginning of this new year, I wanted to look back at the prophet Isaiah. The book of Isaiah, just so you know, a lot of scholars think is actually written in thirds, that as we have it now is one piece. Uh, it was actually in three pieces. And we're in the kind of third third today, uh, in starting in uh, chapter 61 and verse 10. And this portion, a lot of people think, was written after uh, the Israelites, the people of Israel, came back out of exile. They were exiled out of their own land, brought back to their homeland, and this is kind of a reflection on that, thinking back to the time they were in ex exile in Babylon, and then returning to their home. And so we're in uh, Isaiah chapter 61, starting in verse 10, it says this, I will greatly rejoice in the Lord, my whole being shall exult in my God. For he has clothed me with the garments of salvation. He's covered me with the robe of righteousness. As a bridegroom decks himself with a garland, as a bride adorns herself with her jewels. For as the earth brings forth its shoots, and as a garden causes what is sown in it to spring up, so the Lord God will cause righteousness and praise to spring up before all the nations. For Zion's sake I will not keep silent, for Jerusalem's sake I will not rest until her vindication shines out like the dawn and her salvation like a burning torch. The nation shall see your vindication and all the nations your glory and you shall be called a new name that the mouth of the Lord will give. You shall be a crown of beauty in the hand of the Lord and a royal diadem in the hand of your God. Friends, this is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. In that time that Isaiah had and his people had returned to their home, they were looking back on what God had done for them. They had looked back on the, the ways that they had mourned and lamented and longed for a home, longed for a place where they could sing their old songs again, longed for a place where they could raise their children and build beautiful community together, longed for the way things were, but also for a future. And I thought of this passage this week primarily because for many of us, we're in that in-between place where maybe we look back at 2023 and we think, uh, good riddance, let's do a new one, let's start over. Or maybe we look back and we say, I don't wanna leave 2023, this has been the best one, and I don't know what's in store for this next one. For most of us, kind of like what we talked about last week, maybe it's a mixed bag, that there's some good of the past year, but there's also some stuff we're really ready to leave behind. And there's a future that we long for, but there's also some maybe unexpected things ahead of us, some things that we don't want to face, some things we know we will have to face, that it's mixed in some way. And for Isaiah, it's the, the same way. And not just for Isaiah, but all across the Old and New Testament, the way that the Bible looks at time is the same way, that there's some things we certainly want to leave in the past and a future that we want to embrace, but there's also some nostalgia in the Bible. Remember the way things were? Can we recapture that? And there's also some fear of the future. It's mixed. And in this passage in Isaiah, he uses the, the same metaphor, the, the clothes make the person. You read just in those first couple of verses uh, in chapter 61, starting in verse 10, I will greatly rejoice in God, so this guy, I'm gonna celebrate who God is. My whole being shall exult in my God, some parallelism there, just intensifying this, this proclamation, for he has, past tense, he has clothed me with the garments of salvation. He's covered me with the robe of righteousness. And as a bridegroom decks himself with a garland and a bride adorns herself with jewels. This 
beautiful image of God putting on a robe or God putting on a piece of clothing, God taking something from his closet and putting it on his people. Something that belongs to God, he's putting on the Israelites. Something that belongs to God, he, he actually puts on Jesus and then Jesus in hand puts it on us. But then in Isaiah, I mean, he didn't go to like comp 100 in college, so he mixed metaphors here. Uh, he clothes people with righteousness and clothes them with salvation. And then four, kind of connecting, for as the earth brings forth its shoots and as a garden causes what is sown in it to spring up, so the Lord God will cause righteousness and praise to spring up among the nations. God's done something new. He's clothed this people with something new and he's birthing something new in them. He's growing something. There's this kind of dual metaphor here, this clothing and these plants there's something put on a person, and then as Isaiah describes it, and actually all the way through the Old Testament and the New Testament, there's something that God does in a person. There's something that belongs to God put over, covered, and then something that God works in the heart of a person. We actually celebrate this and identify this in baptism when we have a baptism here. This, we say an outward visible sign of an inward and spiritual grace. We put something on water, and God works within us something new in our heart. There's a some dual words in Christian theology we use to talk about this, impute and impart. I almost wasn't ordained because of these two words because I used them in my ordination paperwork and mixed up their meaning. So if you ever decide to get ordained, if you want, uh, now you'll know if you want to use these words. Impute versus impart. Imputed righteousness, kind of the way Isaiah talks about it, is this righteousness that God puts on us. It's a clothing, it's a garment. Uh, it's something that doesn't belong to us and it's put over us. It's done for us, on our behalf. We talk about that all the time. God did something for us. Jesus died for our sins, we say. It's on our behalf. And then in part is this other righteousness. It's the righteousness that God works within us then at this point. That in our heart, God begins a new work. We don't become instantly holy, instantly good, instantly moral, ethical people in a moment, but we begin that process in that moment. God does something for us. God does something in us. John Wesley, one of our fathers in the Methodist family of faith, says the same words, there's these prepositions. God does something for us on our behalf, and then he does something in us. He gives us a new garment, he puts something over us, then he grows something in our hearts. Paul talks about this too, we work out our salvation with fear and trembling, or in Matthew's gospel, we read in typical kind of translation that Jesus says, uh, my yoke is easy, my burden is light. Eugene Peterson says that Jesus' Jesus's words are closer to, um, uh, I won't give you anything ill-fitting, something that doesn't fit quite right. I'll give you something that actually belongs to me, but I'm gonna make it fit on you. The same thing that Isaiah is talking about. God does something for us, and then he also does something in us. As we enter the new year, I just uh, wanna share kind of something of my own um, mood or uh, kind of disposition in this season. The, the day or the time between Christmas and New Year's uh, is a huge bummer to me. Anybody else? Uh, there's all this buildup, uh, expectation for what we're gonna get. Uh, for me, it's the reaction of people to the gifts that I gave them. Uh, what food are we gonna eat? Are we gonna have enough time to watch Christmas Vacation? Uh, uh, can I stay in my pajamas all day? You know, whatever else. So there's all this stuff, all this build up to Christmas, Christmas Day, and then uh, it's over. And the leftovers run out. And your family goes home for some good, for some bad. Um, 
the decorations are still up, but they have a different vibe to them. Maybe people still have their Christmas lights up, but they don't turn them on anymore. There's decorations, but it's not Christmas anymore. We're kind of leading up to New Year's, but Christmas is over. And I was already kind of feeling this. I get this kind of melancholy because I love Christmas so much, but I went to Target a few days ago and was like picking up some normal stuff, not gifts. I think we have a picture of it um, from Target just a few days ago. Yeah. God. I was already feeling bummed out. Uh, and then I was like, now I'm really bummed out. Like, this is where Christmas was. Like, this is my heart. Like, you know, this is where Christmas was. And uh, I expect, there's like one little Christmas tree up there in the top right, you know. Uh, this is, I guess, where Valentine's Day will be, you know, pretty soon. And then I was talking to Landon about it. She's like, this is where the egg-shaped Reese's will be. Praise be to God. Uh, and, then, and then in September or October, it will be Christmas again, you know. Uh, but this is where it was. And And as we think about leaving 2023, going into 2024, as we think about this beautiful gift of this truth that God does something on our behalf, gives us righteousness that belongs to him, but then makes it belong to us as our possession, then starts to work something new in us, is to think not of these shelves as a bummer, as big of a bummer as it is for me right now, but as a metaphor, as a picture, as a beginning, as a clean slate of your heart, of your spiritual life, of your relationships, of a place where you can put in exaltation and glorification and celebration and praise of God, of a place where you can uh, shelve the righteousness and goodness that God gives you, of a place where you can remind yourself of God's salvation when we come to the table or when we go to baptism and witness someone in baptism. We have so many tools and resources and people and communities that help us put one thing at a time on the shelf to, to, to set things and, and to celebrate and to fill those things up just a little bit. And, and when it gets overstuffed, maybe we can seasonally take things away and put something new there. And as we leave 2023 and look into 2024, the last thing I think we should be reminded of is that the new year is arbitrary. We begin 2024 on a day that we choose. We begin this new year, new me sort of thing that we do every year on a day that we choose. We, you know, if we step into 2024 and we get to like Wednesday of next week and we're like, I did one day of my Bible reading plan and I prayed for 30 minutes and I didn't exercise at all, I'll wait till brunches next year, we'll do it all again, you know. (laughs) You don't have to. And that's the good news of the gospel. That's the good news of imputed and imparted righteousness. That's the good news of this garment that God gives us every, every time we ask for it, every time we recognize it, every time we come to the table again. It's not that God says, okay, next year you can try it on again. It's in every moment. God is inviting us and drawing us and beckoning us to celebrate and rejoice with Isaiah and with the people that Isaiah is talking to and with. I rejoice in the Lord. I exalt in the Lord. He's given me, he has, past tense, given me a garment of righteousness and a garment of salvation. And it's not ill-fitting. And and it is for me. He's done it on my behalf. And it's growing something anew in me. And maybe it's really small. And maybe the shelves feel empty. And maybe maybe it doesn't feel like it's gonna be a good year. Maybe I really wanna go back to the beginning of this one. And in every moment, not just on January 1st, We're invited into a new season, a new time, a new place, a new opportunity, a clean slate, because God has given it to us. He's done it for us, and he's doing it in us. There's this thing that people do every year, um, and I used to think it was kind of hokey, but I actually think it's really valuable uh, that you pick a word for your new year, uh, 
and then halfway through the year, you either hate your word or have forgotten what it is. <laughs> uh, I want to invite you uh, just to take a moment uh, from this passage in Isaiah or from your experience of 2023 or what you want or hope or desire for 2024 to pick a word. And some guidance for that is to be gentle with yourself. Like it doesn't have to be like the best. That doesn't have to be your word. Well, it could be if you want that. <laughs> uh, it doesn't have to be about achievement or success. But maybe a suggestion is uh, child, beloved, seen, valued, cared for, family, loved, righteous, saved, holy. Maybe, honestly, simply, this sounds so Sunday school, maybe it's just Jesus you wanna draw your attention to back over and over again, this one who's given us this garment, this one who makes all things new, this one who doesn't give us anything ill-fitting, this one who says my yoke is easy and my burden is light, this one who is good and faithful and holy in every moment. The New Year's arbitrary, but now we do have this moment. Maybe you are filled with this inertia and energy, be like, okay, this is it, this is my year, this is gonna be it. May it be so. And if it's not, may it be so on February 1st. <laughs> and if it's not, may it be so in July or August. And if not then, maybe the next day or the next day. And every opportunity we feel like we failed, God is gentle and kind to us and says, my child, my son, my daughter, wear this. It's mine, but now it's yours and I'm working out something new in you every moment. Thanks be to God for that. Let's pray. God, we have expectations for the future. We have things we're ready to let go of in the past. And we have you. Making our past new again, making the future hopeful for us, putting a, a new name, a new way of being, a new piece of clothing over us, maybe even right now, and you're also beginning to work something anew in us to make us the people you've called us to be. Help us be aware of that work you're doing in us by your spirit. Make us aware of your goodness, your gentleness to us, your invitation to us. Cleanse and clean and clear the shelves of our hearts to put up the things and fill it with the things that you've given us that remind us of who you are, that remind us of the mission that you've given us. And make us with you righteous, holy, good, kind, generous, compassionate people, little by little. We ask all of this in your name, the one whose yoke is easy and burden is light, Jesus. Amen.